0: This is the value investor podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value all the time. Welcome back value investors. We've been living in a big cap growth stock world for maybe about the last 10 years now. We all own at least one of the fang men stocks, right? I'm assuming we all do. But Um, I know I've called those the sure things in the past, even probably on this value investor podcast, I've called it that. But what if that is over, at least for now? What if that's done? Uh, Energy is the best performing sector again in 2022. It was in 2021. That at least is still cheap and has been a value area. All those have been value stocks for the last two years in energy. But historically, the best performing asset class has been small cap value, but just not over the last 10 years. Those of you who have gone into small cap value, as I have over that time period, know what has gone on all too well. Although uh, preparing for this podcast, I've been looking at you know the 10-year Uh, Track record for some of these small cap ETFs, and it actually hasn't been that bad. (laughs) Maybe it's just bad, you know, more recently. So I'm thinking it's bad, or you know, maybe I got in at like the the last highs, and now it's gone down again. I don't know, but I haven't been doing too great in some of my small cap funds, and I do own some of them. Uh, But I feel like I've just been too early. And I have to be a little more patient. Now, I do have some small cap value and the small cap growth in my 401k holdings, but even in just my regular accounts, I have dabbled in some of these funds, these ETFs over the last couple of years. Again, not without much success, but apparently I'm not being patient enough. So then the question has become since small cap value is historically the best performing asset class. It has outperformed the large caps historically, but it sure doesn't feel like it right now when you look at the returns for the Fangman stocks, right? But let's say it is going to be coming back. How do you invest in it? There is no Fang or Fangman with the small caps. There's not like a handful of small cap awesomeness companies. That you can you know just buy those five or six stocks and you're good to go on the small caps right that just hasn't happened. Not yet. Maybe in a couple of years five or six or ten companies will be exposed as some of the small caps that are really crushing it but you won't really know until you know well into it kind of like with the fang men's you know they those were actually running for a number of years before a lot of people caught on and then started getting into them maybe like 5 years ago right so we're always late the uh, average investor we're late to the game because we're not noticing or we're focused so much on the last bull we don't notice what's going on with the new bull. But it's really hard to find those small cap stocks. Uh, You you have to really hunt around you have to listen in on the conference calls you have to really know what that business is and what the growth trajectory is for that business because the great. Small cap value stocks are those that do have the growth. That's why we're buying them. That's why historically it's been uh, the best performing asset class because they're small, they have big growth that they can do for numerous years, but they're also cheap. It's like the best of all worlds, right? And right now, a lot of stocks are cheap after the sell off because even the small caps have pulled back. So we have a lot of value stocks out there it's not difficult to find the value stocks even among the small caps now so these funds have plenty of firepower they can go in and get some of the the best of the small caps so that means if it's hard to just pick out here or there some small caps that you know you think are going to be good going forward the etfs are probably the best way to play it. And that's what I own. Um, I do own some other small caps, just singularities out there. But to get my small cap value exposure, I have bought the ETFs because it just is easier to buy the basket of stocks um, as long as you know what's in that basket, and um, you know you don't have to listen to all the conference calls, you're buying just the group of them, and that's easier. But which which of these ETFs? Someone was asking me this on Twitter the other day because there are quite a few small cap value ETFs, and what's the differences between them? Um, which ones you know do I like? Which ones should you be thinking about for your portfolio? I've looked at some of them there's even more than what I'm going to cover here on this podcast but these are the basic ones so we might as well just start off with the basics right and the ones that are well known. So first off you should know that there are two small cap indexes there's the Russell 2000 you hear that talked about all the time you can actually just buy the Russell 2000 obviously it's 2000 stocks It is the smaller cap. Market cap and um, those you know that that ETF is easy to buy it's ticker IWM so there's just the Russell 2000 but then there's the S&P 600 not the 500 which we all know but the 600 that's also the small caps. Zach's data actually uses the 600 because it's just too. Difficult to find 2000 stocks that have the Zacks rank that are small caps. Small cap companies don't have a lot of analyst coverage. They have some, but not enough. So um, we tend to look at the S&P 600 in all of our data like for the earnings and um, that kind of stuff if you're on the earnings page you'll see the S&P 600 reference by Shiraz and his articles. Because we can actually get analyst coverage on a lot of those companies and not on the 2,000, so that's just a little more difficult to do. Um, but let's take a look at the S&P 600. What are our options there? So there is just like there is with the Russell 2,000, there is just a basic S&P 600 small cap ETF. That ticker is S is in Sam, L is in Larry, Y SLY. Um, the small cap version of it is S L Y V as in Victor. So they make it easy. They use the same ticker and just tap on that V at the end for value. So this fund is the spider S&P 600. It has the earnings uh, ratio of 0.15% and remember the earnings ratios are important because if you're owning it long term. It's you know, Eats away at what you're making because you have to pay those fees. So, this is 0.15%. It looks at what the small cap value index looks at, which is book value to price ratio, earnings to price ratio, and sales to price ratio. So, you know, your basics, what you would expect. It's market cap weighted. This one has 462 holdings. Now, this is where it gets important this is the spider s&p 600 there's 600 total if you just own the sly but this the value version of it is owning 462 out of that whole thing that's how much value is in there now um that's a little shocking right you're almost owning the basic same thing but almost not quite but you almost are right so the pe of the value fund is 11.2, price to book is 1.4. The largest holding in this ETF is um, the uh, size is 6.1 billion, the smallest is 196 million out of those 462 holdings. It does pay dividend yielding 1.95 uh, percent. But this is where it gets interesting too. You want to see what are the sectors that this fund is in because that will make a big difference in what the returns are depending on you know what's going on with these individual sectors. So remember energy is the best performing sector. But the biggest area in the SLYV is financials 21.5% followed by industrials 17.8%. So that's pretty big right there you're almost at 40% in just those two categories, consumer discretion, 12.87%. Then um, you have real estate 8.4 healthcare 7.5. And then you finally uh, you see some information technology that would be a little bit more on the growth side, but maybe not (laughs) anymore. 7.6% communications 2%, that could be like social media type stocks. And then you have energy down there at 6.69%. So pretty low for energy, that is the best performing sector. And so you're not getting as big of a hold of it here, you are basically getting the financials, which is what I told people on Twitter that small caps if those small cap banks start to really run. They are up uh, in the last month or two here at the end of 2022. But if we really start to see you know, uh, momentum like we've seen with energy in this in the banks. Then these are the funds that will outperform. So what has it been doing? Year to date it's down 8.5% 3 year it's up 9.04 um that's annualized uh 5 year 6.5 and then 10 year you're at 11 so pretty dramatic uh you know ups and downs there over the last couple of years the pandemic was in there and year to date still it is down 8.54 because the banks while they're up recently in the last couple months have been not so great this year again and then energy which has been great is just a small percentage of this fund so that is just the basic s p 500 etf you can buy the slyv and just comparing it to the sly which you know is not that many more stocks Uh, this tells you when you add in those growth, growthy names, right, the extra 140 or 138 names that are missing from the just the basic S&P 600. You have year to date down 13.6%. But the value is only down 8.5. Three year 8.95. It's up. Um, That's a little bit under the value, which was at 9.04, five year, 7.07, that is a little bit above the value and then 10 year 11.5 versus 11.04 for the value. Um, And in that one financials 18.9% and industrial 17%. So a little less than the financials. Um, And energy just 5.1% and even a little less in energy on the just general small cap fund. So turning back to the Russell, there are a couple options if you just want to buy the value side of the Russell 2000. So one of the favorites is the Vanguard Russell 2000 value ETF. And that one is ticker V as in Victor T as in Tom W V as in Victor. And a lot of people like the Vanguard because it's usually pretty low cost. So the expense ratio on this one, however, is the same as the spider S&P 600 value at 0.15%. This one interesting. So we have 2000 original stocks. How many of them are value right now? It's 1,391. So (laughs) quite a big group here of small cap value also interesting the number of foreign companies is 0.5% of the group but i did think it was interesting that there are some foreign companies in here financials are 29.3% so the other one just 21% this is 29.3% wow so you're really you're really getting that financial exposure here. Industrials just 13.3. Healthcare 10.5, real estate 10.9. Consumer discretion 12.8. Energy just 5.7 and then tech, it actually is listed as tech 4.7. So pretty low on that as would be expected because it's still too pricey. PE of 9.7, price to book of 1.3. So pretty cheap on this one. Uh, Year to date, it is down 11.2%. Three year up eight, five year up 5.27. So not as good a performance over the five year as just the S&P 600 value. Ten year 9.28, that is also under the S&P 600. Because the banks have lagged, right, financials. It could also mean insurance companies, asset management. Um, other financials that fit into that category, not just banks, but when you look at the list of stocks, and it is like equally weighted in this one, you see like bank, bank, bank <laughs> when you're looking at it. So yeah, you're owning the banks with this one. There is also the iShares Russell Two Thousand Value ETF. That's i. WN IWN for that one and as in Nancy. The just general I shares Russell 2000 is IWM as in Mary. So <laughs> don't get them confused. Uh, but this one 1390 holdings. So that's basically the same as the Vanguard that was 1391. And this one has however, a much higher earnings expense ratio of 0.23%. And if you're going to own it a long time, that expense ratio can really eat into your returns. Keep that in mind. Uh, Price to book is 1.25 for this one. P.E. a little bit higher than the Vanguard at 10.16. Dividend is about the same at 2%. This one too, financials, 29.25%. The other one was 29.3, so basically about the same industrials 12.9, real estate 10.6, consumer discretion 10.2, healthcare 10%, energy 6.2, little bit more on the tech side, infotech 5.5, and then communications 2.8. How did this one do? Year-to-date down 10.8, three-year at 4.5%. The Vanguard is up 8% in the three year, so that's interesting. Maybe this one um, has a little bit more exposure to tech and that's hurting the return there. Five year up 2.7, that's also under the Vanguard. And then 10 year is just 7.8, and the 10 year is 9.28 with the Vanguard. So where these, ETFs are investing does matter, as I said. And if you think the banks are going to tank here when uh, the Fed continues to raise rates and we have a recession, then maybe you don't want to be in these <laughs> right now. Maybe you want to wait a little bit longer, right? Because they will likely struggle when that happens if the banks struggle during recessions, which many times they do um so keep that in mind. but what if you um, don't want to own like over a thousand names So the problem with the these funds that I just mentioned, these ETFs and especially the Russell 2001 is that it's, Sometimes difficult if there's not a lot of value for the value fund to be purely value, right? So they have 2000 to choose from when growth was going gangbusters up through 2000, you know, or 2021, just up through last year. Then these types of ETFs would like struggle to find. Stocks that fit in the parameters or that they could even put in there. So they tend to pool a little bit more of the growthy names into there. So you're not really getting the pure play uh, value b- because there really aren't 1,300 value small caps. They're just, it's really hard to find. Although right now with the stock market pullback, th- this might actually be the time when there might be that many, but even 400 high quality small cap value names is very difficult to do, which is the one in the S and P 600. So the uh, Wall Street has answered that challenge over the years. They have launched some that are called pure. ETFs. they have one for growth and one for value. It's now owned by Invesco. They bought this one It used to be Guggenheim and then they bought out Guggenheim. So now it's Invesco S&P small cap 600 pure value ETF. And the ticker is R as in Robert, Z as in zebra, V as in Victor, RZV. And this one um, only holds Uh, 167 stocks. That's where the pure comes in because they're actually looking for the true value stocks among the 600, the ones that are really the cheapest. This has a forward P of just 8.2, price to book under one of 0.95. So um, it is a little more actively managed. So expense ratio is higher at 0.35%. That can matter, but you are betting on getting actual pure values the the cheapest of the cheap and that someone is actually you know looking for the cheapest of the cheap here and that you could maybe outperform because of that right the average market cap in this one is 1.25 billion so that's right you know around where you'd expect the small caps to go this one is yielding only 1.3% so you're not getting as big a dividend as with some of the others now how is the performance year to date it's down 5.5 so that that's outperforming year to date Three year up twelve point six, so that sounds real good. I don't think anyone else was even over ten, were they? Uh, No, so you know that's that's looking good. Um, Five year six point four, but ten year nine point eight, which is not quite as good as several of the others. Um, Depending on which one you know you're looking at, Um, it does beat some but not quite as good as the SL uh, I believe it was. Yeah, that's at 11%. Um, So again, you have to weigh these things because you do have that higher expense ratio. Also, this is a very small fund. It always has been because of small caps and the value has been out of favor for the last decade. Only has 261 million in assets, but that is big enough. That Nina's always told me, if you go, you know, too low in net assets, they will shut it down. But it is above the area where they don't shut it down. But if you look at the average volume, almost nobody's buying in on it. Just 15,000 shares trade on average. But this is a contrarian play, right? Tells you that value's still out of favor. Nobody's diving in on a pure value ETF. Um, at least not one with this kind of expense ratio and with this kind of track record because small cap value is not yet broken out. Um, where is this one financials again the leading uh, category of course at 21% so that's similar to the SLYV but not as heavily as the Russell funds, um, you know the 2000 ones. So financials 21, industrials 17.5, uh, consumer discretion 17. Materials 13, that's high. Of some of the others that had materials, it was like 4%. So this one, they're making a bigger bet on materials here. Uh, consumer staples also big, 9.1. That's bigger. Energy 9.1, so nobody else is even close to that on energy. But this is where you're getting like more actively managed here. Information technology also very big, 8.2, and communications 1.9. This one has almost no healthcare or real estate. Just super small positions. Real estate is just 1.3, healthcare 1.2, versus you know in some cases it's at 10. In the Russell funds, so again, you as an investor have to look at this. What do you, what what kind of mix do you want in your small cap value? Because it is going to matter. Now, uh, I took a look at just like the positions in this one. The biggest one was 2.2 percent of the portfolio, and it's PBF Energy, which is refining and marketing. Um, they do you know make the gasoline that PBF was mentioned in several of these. It's probably in all of these funds. But um, this is the biggest position in this one. So if you want that peer play, but you're going to pay for it on the uh, expense ratio. But if small cap value does really take off, basically if the financials take off, then maybe this is the one that could outperform. Ticker again is RZ as in zoo. V is in Victor. Okay, then after talking about financials through all this, I know you're thinking what I was thinking why not just own a bank fund, right? We've talked about this in the past too when I've talked about these, and they've always been heavy in financials because that's what the small caps are. There's a ton of small cap banks out there. And when the banks have their renaissance, when they have their day in the sun again, um, which will happen, I am confident of it, then these. Types of funds, small cap value is that—that's where they historically will outperform because of the banks. I know everybody thinks the banks are boring, eh? The banks, and in a recession they'll do bad, blah, blah blah, but they're lean, mean fighting machines right now. They've been under the Fed's purview, their watch since the financial crisis. Their balance sheets are pristine, and now the Fed is raising rates. Their net interest margin is rising. Yes, they have seen the mortgage slowdown. Nobody's refinancing. That is lost income, you know, revenue there. Um, and if the economy really contracts, that you know they're not going to be loaning as much. People will have trouble making their payments. You know, we can go on about other issues, but eventually we will come out of the recession, and the banks will still be there again, still lean mean fighting machines, and they're cheap right now. So there is a way to buy just the bank fund. I have bought it off and on in Zach's value investor portfolio. I've been early way too many times. <laughs> I've been burned, uh, but that's probably a sign, right? You know, once you're burned like three or four times of buying it, and then it's, the thing just sells off, and you're you're doomed. Um, then eventually, it comes out of the bear. So, uh, but however, currently I do not own it in there because I have decided to buy just some individual bank stocks instead where I can at least listen in on the conference calls and know a little bit more about what's going on. So what is this fund? It's the First Trust Nasdaq ABA Community Bank Index Fund, ticker QABA. It's been around since June 2009, so they launched it after the collapse of, you know, during the financial crisis they They launched it into that thinking a lot of people might want to own these small banks. So it has been around through all these dark times, basically. Um, It has 172 holdings. You can go on their website and look at them all right there. The largest is Commerce Bank Shares, ticker CBSH. It is one of the bigger banks. Um, I think its biggest holding, did I write this down? Yeah, is eight. 0.45 billion in market cap. Um, The smallest I didn't write down the smallest maybe. Not sure what the smallest is. It was pretty small though because some of these banks get down there. It doesn't own any of the micro banks that are like you know 50 million but it gets pretty far down there. The median market cap here is 783 million. So pretty still pretty good sized banks if you're you know in that. Above 500 million level. And. So Commerce Bank shares I mentioned that's its biggest holdings. I own the seventh biggest holding in the value investor, which is bank OZK, ticker OZK. I've mentioned that on the podcast in the past. I also own that one in my own personal portfolio. And that one is 2.16% of the portfolio. So the top 10 are, you know, a decent percentage of the portfolio a little over 20 percent and then you start just seeing the list of the smaller <laughs> smaller guys in there but hey if you want to make a bet on the banks and you want those small banks then this is the ETF for you that's why I've owned it off and on in the in the value investor um uh, okay so what is this one doing this year? year to date, it's down 3.1%. So not too terrible, and that's um, among the better performers. Yes, of all those other small caps uh, funds that we've been talking about. Three years up seven, five years only up 3.58, and then 10 year is 10.13. So if you do go way back out, it's actually pretty much in line with some of these other small cap value funds um so not as bad that's what i mentioned in the beginning of the podcast i thought it would be terrible i thought like 10 year return was would be like 4% or something because it it seemingly has been terrible in my own portfolio for the last couple of years with the pandemic and then it rallied then it sold off and i felt like i was just uh, like going nowhere in it um but you have to go further out to get the performance. So, coming out of the financial crisis, the banks most likely, given this uh, this kind of track record over the ten-year period, did pretty well coming out of um, you know those those dark years right around the financial crisis. Uh, since the fund inception in two thousand nine, it's up nine point nine, which actually is not that bad either. Um, after tax, if it has a listing on that says after tax sold your return would just be 7.9% if you sold it and it was after tax so you do get eaten up quite a bit by the tax thing there two percentage points that's quite a lot um okay so um i can't give like you know it's all banks so there's no <laughs> industries to give because that's what you're getting but it does yield 2.04%. So that's similar to some of these others. What about expense ratio? That's important, right? It does have a high expense ratio because they are figuring out which banks to own here. So you are paying for their expertise to run this fund. It's not based on like, you know, just an overall just generic index of any kind. So expense ratio 0.6%. So that's really hammering you so you're going to really need the banks to outperform for this to do well but i am convinced as i said earlier that it will come out of this bear market and we will see some outperformance eventually just not in 2022 apparently but um there's still you know nobody likes them nobody likes the banks and so Um, You know this could be their time. I keep thinking it is. But as value investors sometimes we're just a little too early. The area is still out of favor. You still have to wait around a couple years. Think about Warren Buffett owning Bank of America stock for over a decade that's really gone nowhere either he has now getting a dividend he didn't for the entire time but he's now getting a dividend but he has been patient. Will he have the last laugh? With his Bank of America and his bank positions, um, I I think so. But as value investors, we have to be more patient. Oh, and by the way, um, that performance is year to date as of the end of October. They only gave it at the end of the month or the end of the prior quarter. Some of the other year to date data and you know five year and ten year and all of that was through the end of November here in 2022. Um, or at least through November 29th, 2022. So a little bit difference in the data and the one month can make a big difference. So we'll see uh, what what it's doing you know as we go forward here we get a little more updated data on this bank fund, but the QABA, I still like it. You do have to kind of look and see what states the banks are in, you know, because that might matter. Which states might do well in a recession? Uh, California is the biggest at nine point eight percent of the portfolios. California banks, Texas eight point five, Missouri six point four six, Indiana six point one seven. Then you have New York at five point five, Ohio at four point five, Florida four point three five, Washington State. 4.04, Illinois 3.99. And then, this is a strange one, I thought, Mississippi at 3.99. What happened to Georgia or the Carolinas or I don't know, Arizona even, some other area that would be hot. But apparently, there's a lot of banks, small cap banks <laughs> in Mississippi, and they are about 4% of this portfolio. So keep that in mind too about this bank ETF, but you have a lot of different areas if you want the financials or just small cap value in general, but small cap value does mean the financials, right? Um, I have not. Have I ever owned the QABA in my own personal portfolio? Let me think. Um, I have had it as I mentioned in the Zach's value investor. I'm not sure it's been a long time. I'm, if I owned it, it was over a decade ago when I did feel like the banks were going to go somewhere, but I was way too early back then. Um, but now I do own the SLYV, as in Victor, the, the S&P 600 small cap value. I do still own that one in my own personal portfolios. And then the Zax value investor does not own any of these Funds in it. So let me recap all the t- stock tickers again because um, you might want to go check out some of these for yourself. These are easy to dollar cost average into especially if we get another pullback here you know you just buy more shares or buy them every month. And that's pretty easy and you do get you know at least a 2% around a 2% dividend yield with most of these. And that's at least a little added bonus and that can add up over long periods of time so keep that in mind. Okay so the Russell 2000 just the general one is I w m as in mary i w m the russell 2000 value is i w n as in nancy that's the value with the n i w n then we had the s&p 600 that's the small caps s l y that's just the general small cap one then we had the value, which is S L Y V as in Victor. So that one's easy S L Y V. Then we had the Vanguard Russell 2000. That's V as in Victor T W V V T W V. Then we had the Pure Play, the Invesco Pure Value ETF. That's the one with the biggest expense ratio. But when it gets bullish on the small cap value again, that maybe could pay off because you're a little more concentrated and you have some active management. So that is 0.6% earnings ratio. And just for comparison, for active management comparison, Kathy Wood's ARK Innovation, A-R-K-K, that expense ratio is 0.75. So this is 0.6 and she's at 0.75. Then you had the... um, Oh, no, RZV is not 0.6. Sorry, I was thinking the QABA, but it is higher. It's at 0.35. So it's about half, um, a little less than half of Kathy's for the RZV. Then you did have the bank one. That one has the .6. Um, the Community Bank ETAF, QABA is the ticker. And just mentioned a couple stocks also on this episode. There was the uh, refining and marketing energy stock PBF Energy. Its ticker PBF. P is in Paul, B is in Boy, F is in Frank. Then we had um, the one big bank. Commerce Bank shares, CBSH is that ticker, and then Bank OZK, which I also own in uh, the Value Investor and my own personal portfolio, OZK. That one is in Arkansas, and it's big on real estate. So know what you own if you're going for the individual banks or any individual stock, for for that matter. Um, but that's why just the general ETF sometimes is better cuz you just want to own the whole boat of them. Because if that sector gets hot like energy has over the last two years, usually in the bull, all boats get lifted, right? All, all of tech got lifted over the last five to ten years. And if you get hot in the financials like we have in energy The energy ETFs are have just all been lifted in there. And if you own the basket, that makes it easy, right? But it has to get hot first and we're still waiting. I've done this podcast several times over the last five or six years that I've been doing the value investor. So I keep saying this is the time and this is when it's going to happen. But I am feeling more optimistic now because of the uh, balance sheets of the banks. Because they're back paying their dividends, they have good free cash flows, and this uh, net interest margin is finally rising as the Fed is raising here. So I do like the setup. The bank analysts like the big banks right now, they're pretty giddy about the big banks. So um, I'm seeing that as a positive for the overall industry. And usually uh, that could mean some good things for the small banks too, even though their business models are a little different. But I do think that the small banks you know, will shine <laughs> hopefully soon because um, I'm in them. Okay, so You want to be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and follow along every week because I'll be bringing you more value because it is out there. This is the time when owning these small cap value stocks. They are able to find plenty of true value stocks to fit in these small cap funds right now. And we're going to be going over who are the winners for this year and what to look out for for next year. Those are some episodes coming up. So be sure to get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Uh, We're on SoundCloud with the Zacks Market Edge, where I'm also going to be looking forward into 2023, looking at what's worked in general, not just in value. But you can get that on the Zacks Market Edge podcast on SoundCloud, and then you'll get both shows on SoundCloud. So look for the Zacks Market Edge, but get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks.